It's Thursday, October 25th, and this is The Daily Dive. Suspicious packages reportedly containing functioning explosive devices were sent to a group of prominent Democrats, including former presidents Bill Clinton and Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, Eric Holder, George Soros, and even John Brennan at the CNN building in New York. The packages seemed to be pipe bombs, and officers said they looked as if they were similarly constructed. Daniel Lippman, co-author of The Political Playbook, joins us for all the details. Next, all the mail bombs that were sent out luckily never made it to their intended targets, and they were intercepted before they could harm anyone. But how does the mail screening for the Secret Service and the U.S. Postal Service work? My producer Miranda joins us for some of the standard procedures that mail rooms and security companies go through to sniff out potential explosives and even biological threats. Finally, as the midterm elections get closer, you may have noticed a new way campaigns are reaching out to you. The most popular way isn't on social media or TV anymore. It's flooding your cell phone with personalized text messages. Campaigns are manually sending out text messages to voters one at a time and are skirting regulations with this peer-to-peer messaging. David McCabe, tech reporter at Axios, joins us for why this is the new way to target voters. It's news without the noise. Let's dive in. In these times, we have to unify. We have to come together and send one very clear, strong, unmistakable message that acts or threats of political violence of any kind have no place in the United States of America. Joining us now is Daniel Lippman, co-author of the Politico Playbook. So we're going to be talking about, I mean, the big news that happened. Uh, everything was going haywire yesterday. Suspicious packages that reportedly contained functioning explosive devices were sent to the homes of President Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton, the office of President Obama, CNN. It was addressed to John Brennan. Earlier in the week, something was sent to uh, philanthropist George Soros' house. And also there was something addressed to Attorney General Eric Holder, Representative Maxine Waters. There's a lot of different targets what do we know about these all these suspicious packages? Kind of reminds me of, you know, except it's not deadly this time. 17 years ago, there was a sniper in Washington, D.C. targeting people in the D.C. area right around this time in October of that year. And so we don't know that much, but investigators are looking at clues. There is more postage than necessary put on a lot of these packages right. indicating that they didn't want to go to a post office to actually send them. And people are just wondering what the political, the overheated political rhetoric, if that played a role in setting someone off, convincing them that that they had to take this extreme violent terrorist action. Let's go through some of the targets because the devices sent to the home of Bill and Hillary Clinton and President Barack Obama, those were all intercepted by Secret Service. Not news to our listeners, but as a former president, you get round-the-clock Secret Service protection until the day you die. And that has meant that Hillary Clinton has security as well. I'm sure that's also Secret Service, but she's kind of wrapped in that bubble. And so they are looking at letters and anything that was sent to uh, the former president and seeing if anything is suspicious. And so evidently that they intercepted this. And so they are working hand in hand with DOJ, FBI officials to try to ascertain if there's just one attempted bomber or multiple, if it's a group of people that are sending these bombs. Another package was sent to the New York offices of CNN. It was addressed to John Brennan. They said that there was also maybe some white powder in an envelope. They had to evacuate that whole building at that point. The issue with CNN is that that organization has long been attacked by President Trump and Republicans as being fake news. And 
John Brennan, remember, the former head of the intelligence agencies, and he is a severe critic of President Trump, and his security clearance was taken away by Trump recently in, in a move that many people said was unwarranted and not proper for us to politicize his security clearances. And so clearly, Republicans are rushing to condemn this attempted terrorism because it's going to look bad if someone from their side of the aisle is involved right. in setting it off. The interesting one that came to the office of uh, Debbie Washerman Schultz, it was addressed to former Attorney General Eric Holder, but the return address was was Schultz's office. So when they couldn't send it to Eric Holder, it got returned back there. So that's how that ended up there. It's like a weird uh, tactic to, I, I don't know, to throw off investigators or something maybe. Yeah, no one said that terrorists or bombers were road scholars in terms of being brilliant. <laughs> right. and, so, and there was a lot of misspellings uh, in a lot of these things, too. Or not maybe not a lot, but a few misspellings in certain, uh, certain of these packages and how they were labeled. Yeah, and I'm also reminded of, you know, I mentioned the snipers, and that's, this is not deadly so far, hopefully, and it won't turn into that. But you remember when they were sending anthrax around to NBC News and, you know, majority uh, leaders in Congress. Well, there's 320 million Americans in this country and some of them are not mentally well and they should find help instead of doing these types of activities. Let's talk about the packages and the devices themselves. Police have said that they do all seem to be connected. They all resemble the ones that were sent to George Soros earlier in the week. They were in manila packages. They had a lot of stamps on them. The devices themselves were pipe bombs with wires coming out of them. Someone has read up on how to make these types of packages or there, you know, there's arm, you know, there's training involved in that, but not the extent of actually being successful. And so that's, that's the good sign. But we don't really know much more than that. And people are still trying to dig into uh, are there going to be more of these? That's a real question. Are Republicans going to be targeted? George Soros is a person who's falsely accused of helping the people and form that caravan in Central America. Right, yeah. Uh, in Mexico now. He's long been a boogeyman on the right. And Maxine Waters has been attacked by Trump. And it almost feels like they are using Trump's Twitter feed and attacked by him to find their targets. And that's yeah. really concerning because, you know, he is, I don't know if we've talked about this, but he has come out and condemned this and said it has no place in society. And Sarah Sanders, Mike Pence also said the same. And we've gotten a flurry of statements from across the aisle condemning this. We don't want to live in a society where this happens and we're lucky that this is a very rare occasion. Yeah, it's hard to ignore who the targets are. They're obviously Democrats. They're people that have been critical of the president. Tensions are high and people are divided in this country. So obviously we have to let the investigation continue to find out who did this. Or as you said, if there was a group of people that did this, people are very heated in this country. Daniel Lippman, co-author of the Politico Playbook. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Additionally, there was an envelope containing white powder that was discovered as part of that original packaging, and we're in the middle of investigating that right now. We've seen this before, and we've seen worse, and we will not be intimidated, and we will bring these perpetrators to justice. Joining me now is my producer, Miranda. We've been talking about these packages that have been sent to a bunch of prominent Democrats and liberals, former President Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton, President Barack Obama. They sent stuff to CNN philanthropist George Soros, Attorney General Eric Holder, Representative Maxine Waters. 
the common thing with all of these packages were that they were intercepted before they can cause any damage. The Secret Service screens these packages for the former presidents. That's how they were spotted there at CNN. It was spotted in the mailroom. So all these things have that in common. But how do these mail bombs get intercepted and what happens after that? So, Miranda, walk us through what the protocol is that a lot of these people have to spot this stuff. Sure. And before I get into that, one thing I want to note is that in the case of George Soros, they believe that that bomb had been actually physically hand delivered to his home instead of going through the mail. And a caretaker on his property actually discovered it and contacted the authorities who then detonated it safely. Right. They they said a courier delivered that one by hand. So still in all the cases, though, they were caught before they hit their intended target. Yes. Thankfully, everybody's okay. And like you said, they were immediately identified during routine mail screening procedures and they were appropriately handled as such. They never received these packages, nor were they even ever at risk of receiving them. But what they do is, first of all, they can identify these most often just by looking at them. They often will look weird. They have common warning signs. They say, that there's an average of 16 mail bombs over the past few years, and they always have excessive postage. So it looks like maybe the person who was trying to send it didn't want to speak to any postal employees to, you know, weigh it out, pay for how much it costs. And that was the case with these bombs. We've seen pictures of them, of the packaging at least, and it has like a row of six stamps on it. Hey, it's got all the postage. You don't have to worry about it. I'm not going to put an extra one on there. Exactly. And uh, oftentimes they'll have something that says personal or private delivery, the handwriting will look weird or distorted so that they can't try to match it with a handwriting sample, or they'll do what this person did, homemade labels printed from your computer. Yeah, these were printed on the computer, taped on the front. It's got like, Mm -hmm. you can see the picture, it's all shiny from the clear tape that they use. strapping tape. Yeah, so it's very homemade. And they say that oftentimes the package will be an unusual shape, might even have protruding wires or oil stains. And in the case of the one sent to John Brennan, his did look weird. It was like a thing shoved into an envelope. It didn't look like it was even trying to attempt to conceal what it may be inside. Right. Yeah. It's obviously a pipe bomb when you pull it out, but the manila folder is not going to hide any of the contours of that. You know, if you pick it up, it's going to have weight to it and it's got a lump and it's, yeah, it's going to be the shape of it even through. (laughs) It's just a bubble wrap envelope. Right. Exactly. So it's not like it was placed in a box and tried to be concealed a little further. The postal service has a group in their ranks called the Dangerous Mail Investigations Program. And that's their entire job is to recognize the common characteristics of the suspicious mail. And they're really proficient in using all the -the state-of-the-art equipment to look at what's inside, including portable x-ray machines, even packages, they say, without any exterior giveaways, like the weird labels or the excessive postage. It may look like a normal box can be fairly straightforward to sniff out. The U.S. Postal Service, obviously the Secret Service is going to have that and more. So that's why these things were able to be spotted out quickly. These devices were pipe bombs. They look like pipe bombs. They said that they were functional. And they also mentioned that these are commonly used explosive devices because they're the simplest to prepare. And analysts even say the simpler, the better. You don't want it to accidentally go off here or there. It's It's the simplest thing is what's going to be the most dangerous. But that also means that they're relatively easy to catch. The organic compounds inside will show up on x-rays. And all you got to do is think about when you go to the airport and they scan all your bags. And I always look. I don't know if you've ever noticed it. All the different colors. Yeah, you look at the screen and exactly differences show up in different colors, uh, whether it's organic or liquid or metal. 
it all has its own specific color. If you look when you're scanning your suitcase, you'll see oranges, purples, blues, blacks, and whites. And that's how they can determine what it is. So like they said, it's not just a black and white image. They'll see what it is. You can see the pipe metal. You can see the switches. You can see the wires. And that's when they know they've got some kind of incendiary device inside of an envelope or a box. Investigators will have a lot of stuff to go on investigating them. They said already they're very similar in the way they were put together and the way they were sent out. So there's going to be a lot of evidence that they can look for. They look for fingerprints that could have been left on the packages, all that stuff. And since they were intact, there's more of a chance that they could uh, connect the dots on this. And before you think it's not likely that they will catch the person who sent these things, just remember what happened in Austin just a few months ago with that guy, Mark Anthony Condit. He was the one who was the Austin bomber, and they were able to track him down and find him through fingerprints and DNA left on the devices and then a combination of cell phone tower records and FedEx camera footage. Yeah, I mean, obviously, all of these mechanisms are put in place to avoid these exact things, but it also is a curiosity. Obviously, we need to follow the investigation and see who actually planted these bombs, who sent these out, but there's almost no hope that a lot of these things are going to make it through. There's so much security around these people and these all these mail systems that a lot of times this stuff's not going to get through. Uh, right now, the FBI is analyzing the devices at the Bureau's lab in Virginia, so it's just a matter of time to wait and see what clues they can put together and see if we can determine who sent these out. So we'll keep following this story. Thank you, Miranda. Thanks, Oscar. You can text back. You should be able to tell that they're coming from an individual. They'll show up as a, a 10 digit number and you should be able to text back. Stop. But it is important to note that these these political parties and candidates are exempt from the do not call list, which has also been largely ineffectual anyway, in a lot of ways. And so that is not enough to get them to not text. You. Joining us now is David McCabe, tech reporter for Axios. We all know about robocalls and, you know, social media, political ads, things like that. The most popular way right now for political campaigns to reach voters for the midterm elections isn't TV ads, social media ads, all that stuff. It's sending personalized political text messages to your cell phones. What do we know about all this? That's right. And these are what are called peer-to-peer messages. So you, you said robocalls. They're not quite like a robocall, which is often recorded and auto-dialed, meaning they can dial more people because it's a machine doing the dialing. But to get around federal rules regarding robocalls and robotechs, these are actually peer-to-peer. So it's another person at the end of the line, and they're becoming, yes, more popular with political campaigns. There's companies now that have offered computer platforms or mobile apps that these people can use where it'll autofill whatever message it is. The key, as you were saying, the peer-to-peer, these campaigns need somebody to literally hit send for every single one. And they say that these people can send thousands of them an hour. Right. I mean, they use these platforms on both the left and the right, platforms like Open Sesame or Hustle, you know, Open Sesame on the right, Hustle on the, on the left, to send these texts. And it's essentially building a, a platform to do that at scale. And of course, it's not entirely unlike phone banking. We all know that people can go and they can call on behalf of political candidates, often at sort of a common space with other people or their supporters. So it's not entirely unlike that in terms of it being another person on the other other side of the equation. And the reason why these are gaining in popularity is just because they are so effective. I think they have an open rate of like about 90 percent. Basically, if they send it to you, you're more than 90 percent likely to actually open it 
and read some of it at least. So the, the engagement is there. And Open Sesame, which is one of these providers, says that 90% of text messages are read within five minutes. And I mean, I think that is instinctively, we know how impactful that could be given that we get so much political email, so much political mail in this election and in every election now. And there's so much messaging that any way to break through to voters is a big deal for campaigns. Right. I mean, we're glued to our phones and you tend to open a text message. You hear that little ping and you tend to open it right away, almost, as you said, within five minutes, a lot of times we're kind of conditioned already to ignore a robocall or ignore a call that comes in from a suspicious number or an email. You kind of already can see by the headline or something that it's spam or something like that. But with these text messages, you're really unclear about what it is. So you have to open it. Broadly speaking, the text message inbox is a less ad-heavy spot for many people. Not everybody, but I think generally speaking, we see that the messaging apps remain really popular with people and, and they have not been monetized in the same way as opposed to Facebook or Twitter, where people are now more used to ads being in the feed and messaging more broadly being in the feed. Yeah. And since it's a person to person thing, I mean, obviously they're kind of sending them in mass and all, but campaigns are hoping for that interaction. Maybe it is something you're interested in. You text back and you say, hey, where is that rally going to be or what's going on? Then it opens that line of communication and the campaign can interact directly with those voters. And that obviously is a huge benefit for voter contact and another reason, as you said, that they like this technology. Obviously, a lot of people are angry, though, for myself. I feel like I can't trust my phone anymore. You know, if a <laughs> suspicious phone call is coming in, I don't know if I should answer it or not. Now with the text, you know, emails the same way. Now it's text messages. Uh, so a lot of voters are angry about this because they feel like they didn't sign up for these things. How are these campaigns getting your phone numbers? And then, uh, you know, I, I know that there's been a few complaints and lawsuits filed already. Campaigns are, are getting this from voter records or from the firms that buy and sell voter data. I mean, there's a longstanding, pretty significant market for voter data that feeds into all of the, the digital advertising that we see. And and so a lot of records are out there and there's obviously a lot of public information. But you're right that some consumers have not been super happy with this. They filed complaints with the Federal Communications Commission. So I know there's some effort to get some clarity about what these messages are subject to restriction-wise and whatnot at the FCC. They haven't ruled on that yet. One of the ways they get your phone numbers, and this was, I mean, had to be one of the most creative ways, I guess. There was a liberal billionaire, his name was Tom Steyer, and he had a political action group. They submitted a Freedom of Information Act request to public colleges asking for their student directories. And I think 18 schools complied with it. Then they went through all of those directories. They got all the phone numbers that they could. And then that's how they built out their phone list. And then they sent text messages to all those people. So they're finding your numbers any way they can. I think there was reports that the Trump administration was renting out numbers that they have to political campaigns, uh, like $35 per 1,000 addresses, things like that. The big question, how do we get these things to stop? You can text back. You should be able to tell that they're coming from an individual. They'll show up as a, a 10 digit number and you should be able to text back. Stop. But it is important to note that these these political parties and candidates are exempt from the do not call list, which has also been largely ineffectual anyway, in a lot of ways. And so that is not enough to get them to not text you. Right. I mean, that's the problem that we have with robocalls. And I get it. The way they implement these things are different. But we've all been in those situations where we say, stop calling me, put me on your do not call list. And we still get those calls. And this peer to peer texting is largely un regulated right now. The FCC isn't really doing much. Maybe they're trying to catch up. Uh, David McCabe, tech reporter for Axios, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having me. All right, that's it for today. Join us on social media at Daily Dive Pod on Twitter and Daily Dive Podcast on Facebook. 
leave us a comment, give us a rating, and tell us the stories that you're interested in. Follow The Daily Dive on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. The Daily Dive is produced by Miranda Moreno and engineered by Tony Sorrentino. I'm Oscar Ramirez in Los Angeles, and this was your Daily Dive. 